blessings to everyone. You know, we call him P. Sam. He's, uh, he's got a, quite a contagious, joyful story. And if you see him, make sure you say hi to him. He's out there. But, you know, he was just, he's just one of so many different people who are moving forward with God and kind of advancing in faith. And we've been talking a lot about that. This is our summer theme that we've been exploring. And it's been something that we've been trying to build out of. In the months prior to summer, we talked about not allowing our fears to dictate to us and sort of intimidate us. And now we're talking about how to even go beyond not being fearful, but how to step forward, how to even be sometimes a risk taker or willing to open up something new that God's, God's wanting us to move into. And uh, we're going to explore that theme some more. Uh, we were just talking about that little video clip, though, that we saw. And one of the things you noted is the way in which he got involved. And um, this is something that we've been trying to advocate not just because of the joy and the blessing that comes in serving and what good that it does for others, which is a valid reason to do it, but we've been talking and contending for the idea that service also is a, is a way that allows us to grow when we do it with others who are sharing a, a common love for Jesus and we're able to bless others. And um, we wanted everybody just to be continually aware of the, of the ways to get involved. I mean, in, in Sam's case, he, he was able to not only, uh, you know, serve, but he, if you'll notice, he got involved in a small group as well. And that small group led him into community. And now he, he has multiple layers in his life that are moving him on a path of growth. And, and it's just because he was willing to get involved and, and participate. And so you know, on our website, you'll notice there's a little video if you were to go to it. And if you don't get our church newsletter, e-letter, you just might want to just make sure because they send it sends different uh, updates and such as what's going on in the church. But on this particular one, if you, if you were to go there now, you would note that there's a little video about serving. And we talk about the different opportunities that are available, especially now that we have the second campus on the west side of the city, but also really here. So many things have opened up, both internally, um, but also externally as well. We just had our team come back from Haiti. Uh, that was a, you know, a very beautiful way of expressing our love in Jesus' name for, for people who um, we've established a relationship with. But there are a lot of other opportunities as well. I mean, some of you may feel like well, maybe this is our time to host a small group, or maybe this is time to help facilitate one, or maybe this is a time to, to um, you know, get involved in some of our urban ministries that we're, we're connected to as well. There's just a lot of different ways to get involved, and we're really making the case that this is valuable. And if not for the summer, at least consider it for the fall, okay? And so, again, as we talk about moving forward in faith, you'll notice already in, in, that we've sort of now, or we are officially beginning um, to have different guests come and share, and that's been our tradition in the summertime uh, I will have others share along with me on a theme that we've sort of, sort of focused on. And uh, we're going to be hearing in a few minutes from someone who is clearly a friend of our church community. If you're newer here to Cornerstone, we know a lot, a lot of people are. Um, you may not know Jeff Louie. You probably noticed inside the handout there a little description. It says that he's a professor at Western Seminary in Los Gatos, and, and he is that. Uh, when I first met Jeff, Jeff was pastoring here in San Francisco. He pastored for almost two decades in the in the city here on the west side, near where our new campus is, and Sunset Bible Church. And so he has this unique combination of, you know, a, a kind of theological approach to the scripture that is always insightful, but there's also this pastoral side to him. It's very real, and it, it connects passages that really have to do with a, a lot of times the Bible, and then brings them in, into our real life experience. I say that, but the other thing that we like to do with Jeff, and he'll, he, he's actually going to preach twice this summer, one of the things we like to do with Jeff, we have this this little joke, um, it's kind of a, in our community, it's about, we want to get the, the update on, on the Jeff, you know, he, he likes to update himself, and so um, he sort of fills us in on, you know, what's the latest with Jeff, 
And uh, we always enjoy that. We have a good time with that. And uh, I think you'll, you're going to find that he's, he's just a really good guy. He's got a lot of love for God and, and a genuine heart for people. I think we'll be blessed by what we're about to hear and be challenged by. So I'm going to go ahead and pray, though, and ask God to bless, and then we'll welcome him up. But, Lord, I want to ask you to just fill, again, the house with uh, your goodness and your grace. I know there's not, not any of us here that is exactly in the same place. A lot of us have different things going on in our lives. Some of us are young. Some of us are in the middle years. Some of us are older in our advancing years. But we always have something that we can learn. And uh, there are always questions that are confronting us that require us to have courage and a higher degree of trust in you. So we're going to contend for growth. And we're going to ask you to keep, keep working in our lives. And uh, we pray that our faith would be enlarged because of what we're about to share. From the beginning of the sharing to the concluding song, we want to ask for your presence to be here. And uh, be among us, we pray, as we're gathered in your name. So we ask for your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. And let's give Jeff a nice welcome. Come on, Jeff. Welcome again. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to be here and to speak here. I always look forward to it. It is one of the highlights of my calendar. Um, um, it's just, just a wonderful. I'm, I'm very honored to be able to speak twice, too. Of, of all the introductions that I get when I speak and the introductions that uh, Terry has given me, I like this one the best because he used a phrase I love. Jeff's a really good guy. <laughs> you know, in Christ, that's what you want to be. He's a good guy. You know, I don't want to be fake. I don't want to be above my, you know, be above what I can do. You want to be real. You want to be who you are. If you could be a good guy, that's, 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 that's as good as it gets for me. You know, that's as good as it gets for me. You know, next, uh, I, but I would like uh, next uh, August when I speak uh, for Terry also say I'm a very handsome too. Uh, <laughs> he's a very handsome and very good guy. That's like, oh, that's really good. <laughs> that takes some doing on my part though. You know. I was thinking about how to update myself, and th there was really nothing to update. My, many of you know, and many of you don't know, I have an autoimmune disorder like lupus that you cannot get because it just attacks my own body. And sometimes I get hand pain, sometimes I get facial rashes, sometimes I get uh, lung pain, sometimes I'm very fatigued, sometimes I get all, sometimes I get one, you know, sometimes I get two, you know. So it's a, it's, I'm about 85% of it uh, good if I regulate my sleep, okay? So I rest a lot, okay? But I'm, I'm pretty good, pretty functional these days. But one thing that has, has occurred uh, recently that I have not done in a while was to watch many movies at the theater uh, in the last probably uh, maybe six months. And uh, the last movie I saw was a few weeks ago. I saw Prometheus. Now, because it, now, you look at me. I'm not a Prometheus guy, okay? You gotta take care of that, okay? I watched it because my, my nephew came visiting from Miami, and he says, oh, Uncle Jeff, you gotta watch Prometheus. I said, okay. He's about to leave, go back to Miami. I said, okay, I'll spring for Prometheus. And so we got to the 3D version. And I've seen those 3D movies, you see? You get those glasses, and it's not that old style one red and one blue lens, you know? That's like, oh, no, no, that was those 50 ones, you know, uh, the, the horror movies, you know, would end with the end with a question mark, you know? That, that, you know? No, no, no. The new 3Ds, they look like sunglasses, you see? So you put them on, it's like, so what's the, you know, you take, 
take them off, and the movie looks blurry, put them on, looks clear, and then you start trying to feel, look at the, touch the people, because it's gonna be bouncing out the screen. Now, I like Prometheus, okay? I'm gonna give you whether it's two thumbs up or two thumbs down, okay? <laughs> I like it, but I wanna tell you, I'm glad I didn't buy popcorn, because there was one scene that I'm not going to a hospital for surgery ever, okay? Now, if you saw Prometheus, you know what I'm talking about, okay? And if you haven't, don't buy the popcorn, okay? Just go with an empty stomach, you know, and it'll be exciting, you know? Now, one thing I liked about it, it was, it was intense, but one thing I realized after I finished the movie was there's gonna have to be a sequel because there was like so many questions that was left unanswered that it's gonna, they're gonna get me another $10. I'm gonna, I'm probably, I don't know, I'll probably buy popcorn next time, you know, just, just, to, to, just to try myself and press myself, you know, whether I could keep it in, you know. So it was okay, it's okay, it's good, you know. If I didn't watch it, it would have been worth putting a dollar in the red box and getting it, you know. And, uh, but it was okay, I liked the movie, you know, I liked the movie. But it didn't top the movie I saw before that one which was The Avengers. <laughs> now, if you like real movies where good always triumphs over evil, and there is no doubt about it, baby, you want <laughs> The Avengers. And Avengers, what makes it good is that they have superheroes for every style of person viewing it. You want the all-American superhero? Enter Captain America, okay? You want the schizophrenic superhero. We got the Hulk. You like the big European Fabio-looking superhero. Thor, okay? You want the wise-cracking guy, Iron Man. They all come together, and they just whoop the bad guys, and there's no doubt about it, and it's hooray for the good guys. Excellent movie, excellent movie. Uh, two thumbs up, two thumbs up. <laughs> Now, but I gotta tell you, the Avengers had to beat the one that I saw prior to Avengers, which I think Avengers is better, but it just beat it out. You know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Three Stooges. <laughs> I saw that movie, and I, am, I was raised on the Three Stooges, okay? I was raised on black and white television, and I have in my possession, through wise bidding through eBay, every episode of the Three Stooges, and it is on my iPod Touch. At my fingertips, I can command the Three Stooges to pop up and entertain me with all the yuck, 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 and the eye poking anytime I want to. Well, when I knew the movie was coming out, I said to myself, I'm not watching it. That's a sacrilegious. We only watch the original. My wife says, you gotta watch it. You know, you're a, a Three Stooges nut. You gotta watch it. I said, no, 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 that's, that's, that's defiling. That's defiling. That's almost like giving up the faith. I, 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 <laughs> that's like heresy, you know? And I saw, but I went. My wife said, you, you gotta go, because she I want to watch Hunger Games. She says, I'm not going that. Kids die, I don't wanna watch that movie. So uh, the Three Stooges went out, see. Well, I was laughing, 
they got the 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 the, the, the wording and the the the, the sort of the, the the verbal tone down. I closed my eyes. Sounds like the Three Stooges. Oh, that's was like I it was it was hilarious. Okay, not as good as the Avengers, but what you have is the closest thing to the secular trinity in Mo, Larry, and Curly. <laughs> the secular trinity of comedy. And there's only so often you can pay homage to those brilliant men. Okay, I think it's Academy Award worthy, but you know how the Academy Awards go. They're prejudiced and the, you know, the good movies sometimes never win, you know, never win. Besides seeing movies lately, uh, this past month we had a lot of uh, family visitors come. And in the past, uh, when my kids were young, having family visitors was always a chore because it's like, oh, we gotta take care of our kids, he'll come, and it's like, oh, wow, you know, everyone's come to San Francisco, you know? Oh, another San Francisco trip is basically free room and board, you know? And it's, all, and it's like, okay, okay. So, but now that I'm empty nester, we really like everyone coming. So about a month ago, uh, the first people that came was my wife's sister and her two children one had just graduated from uh, a place in San Diego, college in San Diego, and the other went to University of Miami and is looking for a job, okay? So I hadn't seen them and spent time with them for a while, you see, and I had a blast with them, mm, had a blast, because it was good to see them grow up, because I remember my niece and nephew, one, I, 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 you know, when they were small, when they were born, you see, and now they're single, looking for jobs, you know? was really nice. Then, when they left, my oldest daughter comes with her husband and my grandson. And it was really good to see them and to spend time with them and to see my grandson running around. He's a New York, not New York, a San Francisco giant fan, you know. Uh, and they got him one of these Buster Posey shirts, you know, and you know, they got this baseball, little foam baseball bat, and he pretends he's hitting it, and then he runs around the house, you know, like he's running the bases, you know, I'm trying to do it, you know, and it's like, you know, and then he's like, okay, it's like, okay, run, run, he's running around the house, it's like, oh, wow, this is good. Okay, he has all the energy, I look at the parents, you're all tired, uh, you know, and it's like that, because that's, that's how it is. You see, the parents are tired, the kid has all the energy running around the house. They leave, and then two days later, my youngest daughter comes with her husband, and they're actually, they just left to go back to LA this morning. And it was a blast to see them. It was really good just to talk. Well, the one thing I do with my youngest daughter is that she loves, she's very crafty, you see. I mean, crafty not in sneaky, but crafty in terms of, I like craft, glue gun crafty, okay? Glue gun crafty rather than steel crafty, okay? Glue gun crafty. And every time it comes, I always say, let's make a craft. You know, she was going to make a purse, you see. But she said, I'm not going to do it. I have leather and stuff like that. I said, you want to do it? I did. And then she said, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do it. She's also, you know, got that other side that I don't want to do it too. You know, so, but she's crafty. And this was really just a lot of fun. And I spoke to uh, her husband this morning before I left, and we talked about um, uh, ministry and someone that he's caring for for about 15 minutes, and because he's very serious about the faith, it was really good. Now, I loved it when all these people were little, little ones. Everyone loves when, you're, when, when you were cute. You, believe it or not, there was a time when any, every one of you was cute, okay? <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Now, if they said that now, you say, get away from me, you know? But there was a time, every one of you were cute, okay? When you were the apple of the, your parents' eyes, and you were adorable, and you were running around, and you make everyone laugh, and things like that. 
I love that time. But I don't want my children to stay in that time. As a matter of fact, my wife and I often say, it is just a joy to see them grow up. You enjoy the time they are at the age, and then they grow. And in the family, some are just recent grads, some are looking for work, some are married, some have children, some will be transferred. They're all in different stages. Some are empty nesters, some have been laid off. But it is all a matter of journey. And it is part of life. Because part of life is that you grow and you deal with that which comes to you. Now, the reason why I begin this way is that, believe it or not, and whether we are aware of it, those of us who believe in Jesus have been born again. We have two birth certificates, one from our earthly parents, which is real, and we are flesh and blood, and we kind of look like them because of the DNA stuff, you know? But all of us have a spiritual birth as well that some of us realize, but we always need to be reminded of it. Because with this rebirth comes a desire of God to see us not just to be perpetual babes in Christ and toddlers, you know, wearing little buster Jesus, you know, and then hitting the, the, the Bible, you know, with the baseball bat and running around, you know, but to have us grow in Christ. Because that's what brings joy to God as it brings joy to us, as it brings joy to you. Well, the passage I'm going to, to present to you today is a very, very important and famous passage in the Bible. It is Hebrews chapter 11, and it is also known as the Hall of Fame of Faith. And it is a famous chapter because in this chapter, the writer lists many Old Testament superheroes and how they acted for God. And so it has a lot to do with the theme for the summer, advancing with the faith. But within this chapter, there are some very, very important features that you need to know so that you don't just work blindly for God. So let's begin. Begins with verse 1. It reads like this. Now faith is the assurance of the things hoped for, or in the version here, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, and the evidence of things not seen. I have two different versions here. Now what this tells us is that faith has a special understanding for those who believe. Now when we believe at the beginning, we usually see faith very relational. I believe in a person, the Son of God, Jesus. And it's very much in terms of forgiveness through the cross and the forgiveness and grace that we have received. It's very personal. It's very forgiving. It's very gracious. And all of us who believe and follow Jesus usually see that. The type of faith or different angle of faith that the writer is talking about is not necessarily personally and relationally oriented. But as the writer says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, also the evidence of things not seen. Which means that faith also understands a reality beyond this time frame and beyond this space. 
so that we must understand that our destiny is not in the present. We live in the present. We must understand that our destiny is in another space and in another time. It's very important to understand that because one, it makes you realize that you all have responsibilities on earth. We gotta pay our rent or our mortgage. We have to all pay our PG and E bills. We all have to get on Muni or drive our cars. We all have to go to Costco and get the $1.50 hot dog with the Coke, you know? <laughs> all have to do that. You're not giving that free, you know? That's responsibility. You have kids, you gotta change their diapers, you know? Just gotta do that. But there's another reality for us because we also, because our hope and destiny is in another space and another time, we have dual citizenship. So in one aspect, we live responsibly on earth, which that which we need to deal with. On another plane, we live, our values and our joy is placed upon another time and another place. And there comes the challenge to live on this earth, managing life, because life is real on earth, but also with an eye on eternity and the certainty of what Christ has brought, wrought for us through the cross and through his resurrection. You need to understand that. You need to understand that. Because from this realization, the writer then adds that this faith, which is in a new place and in a new time, is actually very, very active and has the appearance of great risk-taking. Because faith in the eyes of the writer of Hebrews is not a brain-only thing. It is actually something that you see as real even though the rest of the world who does not believe in Christ does not see its reality. But you see it. And because you see the reality, you realize that when we advance in faith, it must be active and it must require risk. Now, I'm going to go very quickly over this list, very quickly. By faith, verse 4, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice. Sometimes faith is activated or manifested through how you give to God. Verse 7, by faith, Noah, being warned by God about things not yet seen, in reverence prepared an ark for the salvation of his household. Sometimes faith is being in the will of God to deliver and to save people. Verse 8, by faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place he was to receive for an inheritance. Sometimes being active in the faith involves moving and going to a place and leaving home to do the work of God. Verse 11, by faith, even Sarah herself received the ability to conceive, to see the miracle in family. Verse 17, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered Isaac. Now, this is an interesting one, because in the book of Genesis, which is the first book of the Bible, there is a time where 
Abraham and Sarah receive a son that they had always desired. And after receiving the son, God asked Abraham to offer his son as a sacrifice, which is a very, very hard thing to do, which for you and I is an illegal thing to do. If you did that, I'd arrest you. I'd call the police on you. You can't do that. Well, then why does God do it? Well, God did it for two reasons. One, to see if Abraham was willing to give back to God that which he received as a gift. Test number one passed. And when he was about to offer Isaac, God says, stop it. You can't do it. Here's a ram. Sacrifice the ram instead. And prior to that, he says, I will provide. What's interesting is that what God forbade Abraham to do, God himself will do it with his son, Jesus Christ. It is really spooky. It is one of the first tells in the Bible of what was God was going to do through his son, Jesus Christ. You thought Prometheus was spooky and hard to understand movie and scary. The Bible is even spookier because there are themes in the beginning that you don't quite understand that when you see the cross, it is like, aha, I saw that before, two hours ago when the movie began, and you said it was always in the plan of God. You see, you think you sacrifice. I tell you, whatever you think you sacrifice, God sacrificed a million times more because then you understand the love of God for you. Abraham offers to sacrifice his son Isaac. Verse 20, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau regarding things to come. By faith, Jacob, as he was dying, blessed each of his sons. Sometimes faith is active by blessing and leaving the destiny of your children to God. Verse 24, by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Sometimes active faith means giving up something. Verse 23, I pass, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents. Sometimes active faith is civil disobedience in order to preserve life. I'll just stop right there. I think you get what I'm trying to say here. Faith is always active. Faith is active, but it never looks the same with everyone. Never feel that I got to do all of this. You're not going to do all of this. You're probably going to do one category of this. You're going to take the first step because you understand the reality that exists, and no one else sees it and you take your first step because it's active and the world sees it's risky, but you understand the reality, and you're going to do something for Jesus that you have never would have thought you could do because no one who doesn't have faith would do it. And they don't know why you do it, but you know why you do it, because of the reality you see. Sometimes it might be hospitality. You might be so hospitable and caring with people, then your relatives say, why are you so caring? You know, it's one thing to be etiquette. It's another thing to, like, you know, overdo it. And, and they don't understand that that is your gift. 
and that you are going to express this in an extraordinary manner because you are going to do it by faith. Others will sacrifice their time, their energy, volunteer at the church for service. Sometimes the sacrifice will be money. And then some people say, what are you doing, you know? You know, yeah, you could do it for a tax break, but, you know, it's like, it's still not advantageous. And look, you do all this stuff, people, you know, why are you doing it? It's because you understand the reality of the need to show grace and to serve. Some of you may do ministry, minister in this great city of San Francisco based upon your faith in God. And it's not that you abdicate your responsibilities on earth. No, no, no. We are to be responsible as much as we can be. But then faith sees a reality because this is a spiritual reality as great as the reality of this carpet and this stage I am on that Christ has provided for me. And if I walk understanding this reality and I act and I risk, oh, that's the first step for Jesus. And he's looking down and says, there you go, my daughter, there you go, my son. That is what you are meant to be, to walk in my ways and to do things based upon faith. Now, there's more to this passage than just listing these people. It defines faith in verse 1, or aspect of faith in verse 1, then gives a list of these heroes from verses 3 to all the way to, I guess, the end of the chapter. And it talks about how faith is active, but it is risky. But there's a long passage of scripture recorded in your bulletin, and I'm going to read very quickly. I'm going to read verse two verses and then jump down to verse 35. It says this, but what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the judges, who faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions. You know, they did great things. Sometimes you win. Sometimes you hit the jackpot when you walk out in faith. And may God bless you if you hit the jackpot. Now, you might not know all the names of these people. You know, I, I challenge someone that if you knew the name Jephthah, what that meant, I'd take you out to lunch. And then lo and behold, a, a young lady after the third service so I, uh, said, I know who Jephthah is, so I, 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 re I retract that offer, okay, for this one, you know? <laughs> Sometimes you win. You hit the jackpot of it, okay? But when you go to verse 35, the tone totally changes Women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, but they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins, goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of the, whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains, in dens, caves, and uh, caves of the earth. You see, sometimes you hit the jackpot, and you will see the success within how you step out from God, and you will be affirmed, and it'll feel really good. I pray that for you. Some of you, as you step out in faith, 
will not see any benefit of what you did on earth for God. Because ultimately, those who advance in faith realize that our faith must be resilient, that it is not based upon what we see and what we get on earth, but that our foundation is based upon that which is to come rather than what we get on earth. You know, in this economy, everyone's trying to make ends meet. If I were to say five gets you 10, that'd be a good deal. I probably couldn't do it, but I'd do it to get your money. If you, someone says five will get you six, that's 20 prints, still kind of unrealistic, but it, that's, that, I guess it's doable. If I said five gets you four, ah, what are you doing, trying to scam me? I got a better deal, five gets you one. No way, man, no way. I'm just pouring money down the drain. Five gets me one, five dollars, I invest with you, I get one dollar back. Get out of that's crazy. This is the understanding. In Christ, because we have faith in the concrete reality of that which is to come, five gets you one works for us. You know why? Because in another space, in another time when Christ comes, five gets us a thousand. A thousand. So what is it when five gets you one? When you are guaranteed five gets you a thousand? You see, here's our trial we have to grow. When we step out in faith, we naturally are affirmed and encouraged when things work out very well. I appropriate kindness to people in my life and they recognize it, and they gave me a raise at work. I'll take that. You do ministry in San Francisco, and lo and behold, every week you get like 1% more people coming. I'll take that. But when that negative happens, you show kindness to people, and they never thank you. You do ministry for the cause of Christ, and less people come. You feel you are a failure, and not only that, you question God, because you said, I did my end of the bargain, where are you? Not thinking that what I give you, I deserve in return now. Not realizing that what we give to him, God has guaranteed us many times over, and he has given to us the best already. Because you cannot measure the love of God by what you get on earth. You measure the love of God by the sacrifice of his son for you. What is that worth? Is that worth an hour of your time and your moaning for this hour of time? Get real. The son of the living God died for you. Wake up. Oh, you moan, I give. Oh, wow, you know, it's heard. No one's thanking me. Oh, no. Do you understand when our Lord returns? Many times over, you will receive. You know, sometimes we really moan at God. I know I do that. 
and I think some of you do it too. And you have to realize this eternal aspect. The final point I want to make is found in chapter 12. And I know Pastor Terry preached on chapter 12, the first verses, but I'm going to take just verse 2 and end quickly. For the writer says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. Why that's important, and I want to add this in, is that chapter 11 had the tone of you need to do this. You need to think faith, view faith differently. You need to act. You need to be risky. You got to take the, take the lumps, okay? Take the success. Take the lumps. So it's like, oh, wow, so much burden. Okay, chapter 12, verse 2 clears the whole thing up. Because when you step out in faith, you realize, chapter 12, verse 2, that Jesus is the author and perfecter of your faith and my faith. I thought it was all me all the time. And then when you do it, you realize in faith, Jesus is behind the whole script. He's writing me in. I can't believe it. You are not alone. You are not only alone. Christ is penning you in some way to be added to the superheroes of the list of those saints in Hebrews chapter 11. And you're there. Because Jesus is the author. Next thing you know, you're appearing in the Avengers as the next superhero, you know? The superhero of prayer, you know? Here's the thing. We need to let Jesus be the author of our lives. Instead of you authoring your life and where you go and what you will be. And I, I tell you, 80% of your life, you will make the decisions. I'm saying that 10%, you allow God to author. So he writes the script for you. Because in that 10%, you will see the hand of God work, and you will realize something, that as you step out in faith, because of reality that is not seen. You will grow in greater adoration of our Lord Jesus Christ. And realize he is not only my savior and redeemer, he is my author. Which I think in modern times, I don't know, it just, it, he is, my, he is the author of my life. He created me for who I am. For the success you will have, he has authored it. What a confidence you, we would have then. Saw me in two. Let me live in a cave because I will never doubt the love of God for me and the fact that for the believer in Christ, 
It is like the Avenger movie. We always win. And then you step out in faith in the ways that you can. Allow me to pray for you. I love this congregation as I did my own for 20 years. Just a reminder, after the prayer, there will be a final song and the receiving of the offering, but let me pray for you. Our Heavenly Father, I pray for these, your children. Allow them to walk with an eye upon what you have given to us and have made certain through the cross and the resurrection. That we walk in faith, that we act, that we take risks from the world's perspective, that we are resilient, that we see your majesty and your hand in our lives because we want you to be our author. Author our lives. Make us the hero in your redemptive plan. For we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.